time for another Board Recap Podcast. Dr. Smith, it's Thanksgiving week. How are you today? You know, it's great. Uh, you mentioned Thanksgiving week. We have so much to be grateful for. No, definitely. Definitely we do. And so we had a school board meeting last night and let's just jump right in and we'll break that down for our listeners today. So as always, we started with good news, lots of good news to go through. And one of, I know your favorite thing, favorite things to be a part of is the cause for applause. We had that this month and it was Pam Myers. You've worked closely with Pam over the years. She's been with us over 30 years. She's a certified payroll officer, a lot of knowledge there. You bet. She's a gym. Never have gone to her with a question where she didn't have an immediate response. Always a smile on her face. Uh, she truly, truly will be missed. And when you have 3,400 employees and about half on the certified side, you have to be on the money when you're uh, talking about payroll because that is a, there's no mistakes. You know, payroll. and I don't know if you intended that to be funny, but <laughs> well, on the money, uh, when you pay people for money, yes. Definitely. Uh, next thing lifted up last night, EVSC Hall of Fame class for 2022 was announced. And boy, when you look at that graphic with those pictures, some incredible individuals on that list for this year. You absolutely are right. Uh, it's going to be an exciting evening. Looking forward to that in March. And when you look back to all of our previous individuals who have joined the EVSC Hall of Fame, just really it, it makes you step back and think, wow, talk about people that make a difference in the lives of our community. Absolutely. You know, it really is a humbling experience, uh, always something that we look forward to. And it's just really a great community celebration. Most definitely. Also lifted up last night, we had a 2022 McDonald's Outstanding Educator. That is Brian Boppett out at North High School. Uh, really does some incredible things with his students. And so we've featured those before on social media. They built, built a robot recently that shot T-shirts into the stands. And yeah. Brian's definitely a, a well-respected teacher. Absolutely. Kids love his class. And uh, he, he is, I think, the epitome of what we want all of our educators to be. Yes, yes. And then also lifted up, we had, you can look at the list and see that, some elementary and middle school students who were named to the um, All-State Choir. So that's great for them, for those students, for their talent where it is now, and certainly looking forward to continuing to see their talent shine as they get older and eventually moved in, into high school choir at some point. So that was great. Yeah, and they're in store for a very exciting time. Yes, definitely. And then we did a community spotlight this week, and that was on Crosspoint Polymer Technologies and their CEO, Ben Schmidt, and talk about a community partner that's really taken a school under their wings, and that has been in Crosspoint. They uh, provide a lot to that school, including $500 for all the teachers in the building to spend on their students in their classrooms, and that really goes a long way into supporting students. Just want to make certain that people that are listening maybe don't have the benefit of seeing the screen. That's $500 per teacher. Yes, to use any way they want in their classrooms. And, yes. and and that's just incredible. So generosity like that. And, you know, I, I think uh, when we had an opportunity to, to speak with Ben and he was also featured uh, in the state of our schools yes. as, as an example of a community uh, partner that really does give back. He, he really spoke eloquently of how the schools filled him up, mm -hmm. uh, filled his students up to two kiddos. One just graduated from North, another one that still attends North. And this is his opportunity then to fill the buckets up of those that have filled up his bucket and his kids' buckets. Yes, yes. So what a great example of giving yes. back. And and then last but not least, we just featured some really creative uh, putting together fruit from our food services department for one of our elementary schools. And while it was really cute what we showed, if you're looking at the screen, you see what they did with some bananas to make the fruit appealing for students. But I think what the bigger picture is, when we have employees who are just going above and beyond, they certainly wouldn't have to do that for their students. They could just serve the fruit. But to, to try to make it in a way that we just see the smile 
smiles on the students' faces when we posted that on social media. And you cannot look at that picture right. in the upper right-hand corner and not smile. Right, it's right. Just, it's great. So hats off hats off to them. Just another example of all the great fun things going on in our schools yeah. with our students, definitely. So that takes us through good news. And if you would, take us through consent items. Well, let me jump in then. Item 3.01, consideration of the minutes. Those are always there in each subsequent meeting and are approved uh, after the meeting has taken place the previous uh, two weeks. Item 3.02, consideration of allowance of payments. So this is $11.7 million for this two-week period of time. And Basically, this is a very uh, typical allowance of payments for this two-week period of time and also includes our health insurance spend. So that's why it's up a little bit more than what one would typically uh, anticipate. But as I said, very typical when it comes to the health insurance uh spend when we look at the allowance of payments. Item 3.03, consideration to prove the purchase of items from extracurricular accounts. Uh, this time. It's for Central High School and they are going to purchase an IP camera for uh, their uh, alternative ed classroom. Item 3.04, the consideration to approve grant proposals. And this is a grant that IDOE is offering. Um, I think IDOE has up to $5 million that may be awarded statewide. It is a competitive grant, so that means that we will not just automatically receive funding, but we do have to write uh, in terms of a grant proposal, then we could receive up to $700,000. And this really does extend the work that we have begun under the Lilly uh, Counseling Grant. The Lilly Foundation uh, did, I think, a tremendous service to all of the counselors in the state of Indiana by allowing them to develop uh, plans, lessons, and actually take their expertise into the classroom. Uh, So really appreciate what Lily did. So this will uh, allow us to continue to extend and to enhance student services uh, to improve student achievement, college career readiness, in addition to professional development. And when you talk about a competitive grant, these grants are quite competitive. So certainly we put a lot of effort into putting together a proposal that's going to reflect what we hope to accomplish. You don't just throw one of these together in an afternoon because we really want to demonstrate just, as you said, what an impact this is going to make should we receive this grant on our students and make them successful. And this is just, I think, another way where we can, in a very collaborative way, utilize the unique skill sets of our counselors and drive all of that expertise also into the classroom. Um, Item 3.05, consideration to approve the reinsurance renewal. So uh, EVSC is self-insured. So for any individual that experiences claims in a year in excess of $325,000, then our... um, of that deductible, then we will be able to basically assign that amount then to the reinsurance. So basically we're responsible for the first $325,000. Then through this insurance, it will take any dollar amount beyond $325,000 per insured employee. Uh, I think what's unusual about this, um, and we have a great partnership with Epic. We have talked about that for quite some time. The initial renewal came in at $60.90 per employee per month. Uh, But because of the efforts of Epic, uh, along with the Anthem support team, that was reduced down to 56 uh, 
or a rate reduction to $56.54 per employee per month. Um, that's a 16% increase, so that is what I would call a substantial increase. However, much better than the nearly 25% increase. And then when you marry that with an increase in upfront uh, uh, RX rebates, uh, then that brings down that overall net increase to 7.16%. And that is certainly well below the double digit increase that the market is experiencing. And we've now. talked about this before. Anytime we're looking at anything under the umbrella of insurance, of course, we're working with our partners and doing everything possible to have a cost savings in any spot we can find it because we know insurance can be expensive, but any cost savings that we can get is money that we can not have to use towards that and use in other areas of the school right. corporation. Absolutely. Then 3.06, consideration to prove the reappointments to the Emsville Vandenberg Public Library as well as the Emsville Area Plan Commission. So uh, the board has reappointed Roger Lehman as the EVSC representative to the Area Plan Commission and reappointed Rick Cameron to the Evansville Vandenberg Public Library Board. And then that takes us to personnel recommendations. And as I typically say, uh, those are there for your perusal. What is a little bit different this time is that we actually have changed the titles for some of our folks, uh, maybe about half a dozen or so. And well, you explained that last night. Why Why are there times when we would change know, a title in the name of the title? Explain that. Well, uh, for instance, uh, directors of school support. When you think of directors, they have that comes with a connotation of a certain amount of responsibility. Uh, actually, they are functioning at a level higher than that. They are really the chief administrative officer for for entire zones of school. So we actually changed their name to the chief administrative officer for zone one or for zone two, which I think is more reflective of the responsibility that they, that they share and all of the services that they provide are schools. Uh, Time and time again, our principals say that that is the number one um, change, if you would, that really has provided so much positive impact. Uh, for our buildings and for our principals. Yeah, definitely a great support structure and and a sounding board and just somebody that works with a grouping of schools mm-hmm. that really is helping those schools to move forward and continue to get better and better. Right. And I wanted to lift that up because that's a change in title, not a change in compensation sure. or anything like that. But I think it more accurately reflects what they do. Sure. Moving on then to action items, 5.01, consideration to award the contract for the 2023 Stringtown Elementary School Roof Replacement Project. So uh, Chief Facilities Officer Daryl Angermeyer presented this, both as information two weeks ago and then as uh, action item on Monday. And uh, the award was to BNS Roofing in the amount of $365,700. So this will complete the roofing then at Stringtown Elementary School. When we go on to item 5.02, consideration to adopt policy 8002, a tap free campus. Really, this brings together, uh, I believe, five policies that we had and into one and basically just codifies it then into that one policy of 8200 tobacco-free campus. And then finally, under action uh, 5.03, consideration to approve the agreement with EMS Link. That was presented by Chief of Staff and or Chief Operating Officer, Rick Cameron. And this is really a solution for the Office of Food and Nutrition. Um, and it's really going to, I think, serve as software that really does integrate with our new uh, student information system, which is PowerSchool. It's going to be great for the point of sale, for menu planning, 
uh, also for the menu publisher, uh, for the production of records, and specifically with inventory at our uh, 40 cafeterias. And, you know, we haven't said this for a while, but somebody was asking me just about the process recently. When you go through action items each time we do one of these, that means the board actually took action. If you click on that, you can actually look down. You can see who made the motion, who made the second. You can see that the motion carried, and you could see, in this case, everyone that voted yes. So you can always see the result of that, but that's what distinguishes action from information. They are actually voting on that. Correct. In this case. so, And then that takes us to the other side of that, information items. Yes. So before we ask the board to vote on it, we do a tremendous amount of work up front. So any information item is a culmination of oftentimes more than a month worth of work. Uh, I could easily suggest that that is the case when we are looking at uh, approval over property and casualty insurance renewal. Those are not just put together overnight. Once again, we have a great partner in Epic. Uh, so this really is for property and casualty. Uh, it is $1.2 million. It's an 11% increase over the, the previous year. The vast majority of that is being driven by two factors, uh, inflation, but also we are now fully insured at market value. Um, and I think when I've had the opportunity to ask folks just in a quizzical manner, how much they think our real estate and our property is worth. Um, I've not had anyone that has come close to the amount, but it is a staggering $1.3 billion. So to ensure that on an annual basis certainly does take uh, some capital. Most definitely. Item 6.02, consideration to adopt policy 3110, which is a drug-free workplace. Once again, this combines multiple policies under what we used to call NEOLA and brings them into the ISBA policy 3110. So it really doesn't change practices or policies. It just puts them all now in what were separate uh, policies into one policy now. Item 3.0, or I'm sorry, 6.03, consideration to approve the calendar for the 23-24 school year. Jason, how about you taking this because you head up the calendar committee? Well, shared this with the board last night, and they will tentatively approve. We'll ask for their approval at the next meeting uh, of the board. But putting together the calendar for the next school year, I know people are anxious to see that. Some people plan things far out in advance, some of our families. So really for this calendar, Dr. Smith, one of the big things is we're going to keep that soft start in. We hear time and again, how successful that allows us to be at the beginning of the year. We hear that from parents. We hear that from students. Even anecdotal data, when you go out, we hear that from our teachers. So it makes a big difference. Yeah, and you know, as you mentioned, uh, as I go out, so always want to visit as many schools as I possibly can for the first few days. You and kind of do a whirlwind tour. Absolutely. And invariably, people say, whatever you do, keep the soft start. Yes. Because um, yeah. it really is important for our students and their staff to get to know our students. It's very important for our students to understand the lay of the land in a way that really is, I think it just eases them back into the school routine. So it really is important to create that sense of belonging that is so, so important for student academic success. And relationship building. And if you're not familiar with that, if you're listening to this, we take half the alphabet for two days at the beginning of the year, then the second half of the alphabet, then on the fifth day of school, if you will, we have all of our students together for the first time. So really it does help with that relationship building. And and as we say, it gets everyone off to a successful start. And actually, uh, you may be too humble to say this, but this was actually your suggestion. And it arose from uh, when we were going back to school during the pandemic. How could we help lessen the load and make certain that everybody got off to a great start? And then when we did uh, some 
information after the pandemic. So what do we want to keep? Uh, what did we learn from the pandemic? This was one of the very top items. Please keep the soft start. It was great for the pandemic, but it has so many useful purposes post-pandemic. So, Well, and I remember you saying time and again, back in the heat of the moment of the pandemic, as bad as that was, what can we learn from this right. going forward once we have that in our rearview mirror? And, and as you said, this is definitely one of those. If you continue to look at, uh, or as we talk about the calendar, then one other change that might make it a bit different from previous years is we're going to, we're asking the board to approve a calendar that has uh, tweaked, if you will, the fall break in the past several years, since I think 2017, we've done two back-to-back partial weeks. And while it's great for everyone to have a break, it's a little problematic in terms of continuity of instruction. You can remember being in school when you have a partial week, maybe it's a little harder to focus. So what we've done for this calendar is put it all together in the first week of October, a solid week, similar as we do in March uh, with spring break. And so that's part of this calendar as well. So now there will be a natural break toward the end of the first quarter a natural break at the end of the semester uh, with our holiday break. And we try to get two solid weeks. Which weeks we've been able to do can. in this one, yes. And then after the third quarter, spring break. Then after the fourth quarter, we have our summer break. That is correct. So, uh, And, of course, it goes without saying, this calendar, if it's approved, obviously will meet the 180-day instructional day requirement by the state of Indiana. So we can talk about uh, this next time with its pending approval. Very good. And then the rest of the information items, items 6.04 through 6.07, are the monthly financial reports that Dr. Underwood brings to the board for their uh, review. And any questions they may ask, we are happy to respond. And you can click through those and see anything you want to see about those as well. And then finally, for continued business, I know you really did lift up uh, a celebration, if you will, that we had during our recent Rotary Luncheon with our State of the Schools. Yes, we did a different approach this year with State of Our Schools. We actually did three in a series of State of Our Schools. Um, So last Tuesday on November the 15th, we did the third and final uh, part of the three-part series. And this really was, it turned in to be a community celebration. kind of evolved into that yeah. through our planning. Chief Transformation Officer Carrie Hilliard provided a lot of information on our continuous improvement planning because we're through our third iteration of that now in the last 12 years. Uh, but just the importance of community in our school. And uh, I think it was fascinating for the Rotarians that were there. Uh, we had 225 individuals that filled a room full <laughs> the uh the banquet hall, and um, I continue to receive comments that I had no idea, no idea of the depth of involvement that community partners have in our schools. And that really is just one of the many things that makes our community so great. When we invest in our students, when we invest in our families, when we invest in our public schools, we are investing in our community. I've said this time and time again, I struggle to think that you can have a vibrant community without vibrant public schools. But I think really what resonated this time is that it really is that reciprocal relationship. Mm -hmm. You can't have a vibrant public school system without the collaborative efforts of the community. So it is through investing in our public schools that we can have a vibrant community. And we are so blessed to have just that feature in Evansville. And at the end of the day, we want our community to be one that our students, once they leave school, eventually want to come back to. And it's that's incumbent on all of us to make our community that way, because that's how we continue to grow. That's right. And you know, Tim Black, uh, President CEO of WNN, Yes, this was the first time that we actually had time to take questions from yes, the audience. Yes, very interesting. And he asked a great question. So, you know, how do we keep our kids here? And I think it is 
you know, once you have created that sense of belonging, once our students know that we want them here, that we love them, that we are interested in their future and we want to provide the absolute best future that we can for them, then it's an easy drawback. If they go away to college, it is an easy drawback to come back to this community that invested so much in you so that you can invest in others. Well said. Definitely. So, no, that was a great, uh, great state of our schools. We always appreciate Rotary allowing us to do that. Yes, and we do. once again, you did a nice job presenting as you always do. So really was a celebration and an informative luncheon, I think, for all who were in attendance. And that wraps up our board recap podcast. As we said, it's Thanksgiving week. Happy Thanksgiving to you and yours, Dr. Smith. And happy Thanksgiving to you and yours and to everyone that listens to this podcast. Thanks so much and God bless.